deep in the heart of Central Texas, it's the Best of the Outdoors podcast, brought to you by Texas Fish and Game Magazine, the voice of the Texas Outdoor Nation. I'm your humble host, Dustin Von Warnke, author, outdoor writer, videographer, speaker, blogger, and podcaster, and I am so excited that you have joined our podcast today. I'm so excited that you're listening I'm just fired up, man. I love this show. I love doing this every other week and uh, bringing this to you. And really excited about today's show. Before I get into that, though, wanted to recommend that you subscribe to the podcast. If you've not done so already, you can get this through iTunes and uh, Stitcher Radio and a number of other places wherever podcasts are found. Just go to your podcast player, type in the Best of the Outdoors podcast, and you should come up with our nice yellow logo and be able to download uh, all of our past shows. We have 30-something shows so far. We do this every other week and have a lot of fun doing it. All right, next thing up is, really excited about this, Texas Firearm Festival. This is coming up in advance. I'm telling you in advance, so you can go buy your tickets now. Uh, this is coming up uh, September the 30th and October the 1st. That is a Saturday and Sunday. That is a weekend and a perfect time to go shoot. You can get behind a lot of different guns with silencers and all kinds of different uh, configurations of guns, uh, semi-automatic, and um, just, it's a blast. I mean, it literally is a blast. I went last year for a little while and had a lot of fun. I plan on going a lot longer this time, uh, this year, and uh, just, it's, it's a blast. So check out the Texas Firearm Festival. That's part of the reason why we're interviewing Clay Hergert today. He is our, um, podcast guest and clay is a former navy seal and currently serves on the reserves and uh is just a phenomenal guy to interview really enjoyed our interview together he owns atx precision which is a very cool tactical and practical place for learning about uh, precision shooting handguns shotguns rifles ar-15s all those different things that go along with shooting sports uh, training and those kind of things he does at ATX Precision and really excited to have him on as our guest this week. We have a lot of fun talking about a lot of different issues in uh, the outdoor world, especially long-range shooting, uh, practical uh, shooting and hunting uh, advice and all kinds of different things. So I really hope you'll enjoy this opportunity that I took with Clay Hergert from ATX Precision, and we plug the Texas Firearm Festival in there as well. He designed the SWAT Challenge, which was one of the most highlighted parts of the uh, event that was uh, happening at the Texas Firearm Festival last year, first year for that, and he's bringing that back with a few surprises this year, the SWAT Team Challenge, and um, that's going to be a lot of fun. So here's my interview with Mr. Clayton Hergert of ATX Precision. Joining me on the phone is Mr. Clayton Hergert from ATX Precision right here in the Austin, Texas area where I'm based. How are you doing today, Clayton? Uh, I'm doing great, Dustin. How are you? Oh, wonderful. Better than I deserve is my usual answer, and I'm definitely having a good Monday, so that's great. Yeah, great. Um, so just tell me, basically, uh, tell the listeners just basically a little bit of background about your experience in the military and your experience growing up in the outdoors and those kind of things, where you grew up, that kind of stuff. Sure. Uh, I grew up in small town north of Amarillo, uh, Spearman, Texas. Uh, typical small town uh, upbringing, hunting, shooting, camping, fishing, all that kind of stuff. Uh, definitely interested in that early as early on, which led me into the military. I uh, got into uh, special operations, um, 
where I've been uh, fortunate. Uh, I got into the SEAL teams uh, about 2001. I'm currently uh, a reservist now. Uh, and then I formed up my own company when I left active duty, ATX Precision, uh, kind of teaching some of that same stuff that I got to learn along the way, the shooting, the field craft, uh, all that kind of stuff. So uh, a little bit of my background. Oh, that's super. Tell us a little bit about ATX Precision, because most of our listeners, I don't think, have heard of it before. Um, just the background of how the company started and, and what you teach in your in your uh, instruction. Sure. Uh, the the uh, it it, it kind of started by by luck, really. I I'd done a little bit of I'd done a lot of teaching on the military side, but I. I got a chance to teach with a buddy of mine up in Oregon during one of my blocks of leave. My wife's from, from Oregon. Uh, so I was, I was up there, a friend of mine asked if I could help, went out to help them taught, a, uh, help them teach a couple of classes, had a great time doing it. Uh, fast forward a, a couple of years when we left active duty, my wife and I relocated to Austin. She's, she's going to school at UT. Uh, and, and as we got into town, I was kind of in between jobs at that point. Uh, a group of, uh, IT folks who had just gone out and bought uh, really expensive AR-15s. That that was kind of during that time frame when everybody was worried they were going to lose their guns. So yes. they went out and bought really nice went out and bought really nice AR-15s and didn't really know how to use them. So as, as we were kind of hanging out with them and um, they, they said, "Hey, can you show us how to use these?" Uh, absolutely, and I just had a blast doing it. And that's that's when I started thinking, ah, maybe there's something to this. Um, forming up my own company type deal. I did it on the side for the first year or so. I was actually working another job with a, a lab company. Uh, but it got to the point where I, it was like, hey, we need to we need to go full throttle with this thing. Um, talked to the wife about it. And we, we went full-time with it last year, January of 16. Uh, oh, wow. And I've been going, going, go, going hard ever since on that. Uh, you know, our, our primary... Focus is on rifle, uh, AR-15s, and precision rifles, but we're, we're starting to expand into uh, handguns, shotguns, uh, sh- shooting events, uh, whether they're social company type events or competitions, getting into some of those, uh, helping with those, and, and symposium type events as well. So, so really anything and everything having to do with shooting, shooting events, training, all, all of that, that's, that's what we cover. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show, Clay, is the um, I believe you call it the SWAT Team Challenge. Is that correct? Uh, the you're referring to the SWAT Challenge at the SWAT Texas Challenge. Fire okay, Fest, yeah, the right? Texas Firearm Festival. Yes, absolutely. That's what I'm referring to, and that is going to be the September the 30th and October the first week and Saturday and Sunday um coming up and i wanted to definitely tell listeners about that they can check out more of that on the show notes i've got to have the link uh that links specifically to that but you organized the swat challenge correct i did yes uh last year it was it was kind of a side project uh the, sure. the folks over at uh crosswind media that are that are putting it on asked if i if i would help them out uh we put together a small little competition uh some folks at colt uh, donated the, the winning prize for it. Uh, and, and again, it wasn't very large. It was just, you know, real quick course of fire. Uh, and, and it was a big hit with, uh, with the crowds and with, with everybody. So, uh, Crossman came back and asked if I would do it again. Said, sure, absolutely. We had a great time. Uh, so I, I think this year we're looking to expand it, make it a little bit more bigger, 
make it a little bigger, make it uh, a little more comprehensive on what it what it covers. Last year, the the course of fire was a quick quick breach, manual breach with uh you know the rams, uh, followed by a, a very quick course of, of fire with with the AR-15s. Um, this year, I think we're going to make it a few more stages uh, to to really make the competition a little bit better. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. And so tell us a little bit about what kind of things you teach at ATX Precision as far as tactical and practical shooting skills that we can use in real life. Uh, sure. Um, let me start with, with the precision rifle side because that's kind of the easy one. Um, you know, we, we kind of take a lot of those lessons that we learned in in sniper school and apply those to people that want to get better with the scope rifles, whether that's for, for hunting purposes or they're just getting into the precision rifle world. There's a lot of sport and competition that's popping up in that, that category. Right. Uh, so we take obviously option ships, you know, really enhance that, uh, get people, uh, to really expand how far they think they can shoot as well as how tight they think they can shoot. Um, and, and now we're starting to look at people or we're starting to get people that are interested in some of the field craft side of that too. You know, again, uh, we, we cater to a lot of hunters. Uh, they, they want to get better with their rifle and better in the field. So, uh, we're start starting to look at field craft, better camouflage, uh, you know, some of those skill sets that I think, uh, not, not a a lot of people are, are getting a chance to go really learn and get instruction from uh, but yeah just just taking that that realm to the next level on the ar-15 side uh folks getting uh faster more efficient running the, the rifle system whether it's for a, a hunting purpose or defensive purpose or even some competition type stuff you know ways to to get more efficient with that uh we, our newest course this year is uh ar-15 for hunters Cool. A lot of people are hunting with them, putting scopes on them. Yes, I'm yeah, one of those so, guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a great weapon system. It's fun to shoot. It's it's cheap. Uh, you know, big people can shoot it. Small people can shoot it. Uh, kids, females. Uh, so it makes sense to use it. So we, we kind of take some of the stuff out of the precision rifle course, some of the stuff from our defensive carbine course, and kind of combine the two. Um you know, that's, that's where we're going in that, that area on the handgun side, you know, it, getting better accuracy with your handgun, how to more efficiently use it, thoughts on gear selection, holsters, um, you, you name it, um, concealed carry. A lot of people ask about that now. Um, and then one, one of my instructors has just developed, uh, a shotgun in course. Uh, and there's two sides to that. He's got kind of a home defense shotgun. And then he's got a, a three-gun shotgun. Oh, cool! Course. Yeah, so uh, you know, a lot of a lot of places to go have competition, but not a lot of places to go learn how to be a better competitor. So th- that's some of the stuff we're we're kind of looking at this year. Uh, and so the the new courses, the shotgun, the defensive handgun, and the AR-15 for hunters, those will all come online this fall once it once it starts cooling off. That's exciting, and so it'll be a better time of year to go out and experience that kind of stuff in the outdoors because it won't be so blooming hot as it is here in june right right yeah i joke with all my friends you know back east you can't go out outside in january and february and here you can't go outside in august and september that's right yeah we're gonna wait (laughs) yeah 
so yeah, we're we're definitely gonna wait till the fall to put all that put all that stuff out. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. And yeah, that's that's the thing that I I wanted to bring up to listeners because AR-15s have certainly brought up you know more hunters and more people interested in the hunting sports that were were crossing over from just the shooting sports. And the most interesting thing about that is that, you know, a lot of companies, ammo companies have come out and gone up with, you know, better loads for the 223, 556 round. Uh, and then, of course, the 300 Blackout was developed a few years ago as a hunting round. What's your favorite, I guess, pet load for hunting, or do you do much hunting, Clay? Uh, I, I absolutely do hunting. I, and <laughs> it's, it's probably the main reason I work is so I can go hunt. But uh, Awesome. Me the, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah you know any of the one any of the heavier rounds uh i've had really good luck with like the, the 69 and 77 grain okay. rounds that's what i was have, asking yes have, yeah um I like those uh you know a lot of them are are, are loaded with match like sierra match kings um th- those actually work really well or at least i've had good experience with them i'm certainly not a scientific you know study or anything but had good luck with those on on uh, deer and hogs, um, as well as prairie dogs too. So I, I like the heavier bullets. You know, whoever's loading them, uh, most of them seem to be be doing pretty pretty well as long as it's from a reputable company like uh, Black Hills Federal. Um, Winchester, I think, has a few of the heavier loadings. So I, yeah, I'd recommend yeah. going heavier bullets on those. It's interesting you bring that up. I shoot a Federal Fusion 62 grain I've had a lot of success with. And then I've got some pet loads, which I've talked about ad nauseum on my videos and stuff. And that's a uh, 62 grain Hornady Spirepoint custom hand load. And uh, I've killed plenty of deer and hogs, mainly neck and head shots on, on, on hogs and neck shots on deer. And I've had a lot of success with that round. And, I mean, I, I put videos on YouTube, Clay, just – and I've not told you about this before, but I, I put videos on YouTube just to show that it can be done and done well. Um, you know, and I get a lot of people that, that will respond to me and say, wow, you really actually did it. You know, you, you, uh, you, you proved that the AR-15 is not just a quote unquote assault weapon or an evil gun or a black rifle or whatever it's classified as by the, by the liberal media. Um, you know, you've shown that as an accurate and well-placed hunting weapon in the, in the, in the firearms realm. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, again, because it's, it's light and it's kind of mild recoiling, Yes, and, a, and you can collapse the stock down for for the kids or, or whoever's shooting it. Yeah, it makes absolute sense because you know it's more comfortable for a lot of people, and and it's it's not going to bite them recoil wise. Right. So yeah, they they end up shooting it better. And yeah, I mean everybody knows accuracy is is king when it comes to uh, you know the bullet performance. Uh, it could be the best bullet in the world, but if you miss or hit it in a bad spot, it's not gonna it's not gonna do what you want. Right. So. Yeah, get the gun that get the gun that you shoot the most accurately and and have fun with it. Absolutely, and I mean I have an Olympic Arms in two two three five five six, um, and uh, then I'm I'm also thinking about getting a another one in three hundred blackout, but I'm not so sold on the three hundred blackout round because it drops so far after a hundred yards. I mean, what's your thought on that, or do you have a lot of experience with the blackout round? Yeah, you know I hate to. I hate to discuss anything negatively, but sure. I do think kind of in this in this area of Texas here in the hill country, a lot of your shots are going to be further than than the capability of that rifle. Yes. Uh, from what I found, if 
if if you're in really heavily wooded areas where you know you're not going to be shooting beyond 50 yards, uh, I, I would consider it. I just I feel like it, it's gonna you're going to carry that 300 blackout, and that's when you're going to see that trophy walk out at 200 yards. Right. And, and that, that's that's my only hesitation on the blackout. I'm with you. I mean, it's a but it is a yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh uh, yeah, I was just going to say it is a fun gun to shoot, but I, I just. Well, I got to shoot my first 300 blackout at the Texas Firearm Festival last year, and I had a blast doing it. But basically, for folks that don't know, because I know there are a lot of uh, newbies to the sport that listen to this podcast, um, it's basically a 30 caliber stuffed in a 223 casing, and um, and and that's basically the base, the basic way that it's that it's set up. And um, it shoots well. It shoots out of an AR-15 magazine. It shoots well out of a uh, AR-15, you don't have to do any modifications to anything major because it's using the same case size, but it's just a heavier bullet. But the one drawback on it is that it um, it drops pretty severely out past you know 100 yards and so on and so forth. For long-range shooting, it's not ideal. For short-range shooting, it's, it's developed for short-range shooting and is very capable for that, for sure. So... But I, I personally think that the innovations that have happened, the 223, you know, the Air 15, um, you know, it's just there's one manufacturer that I, I mentioned in the NRA podcast that I did a couple of weeks ago, uh, a couple of actually about a month or so ago, um, and that is the uh, Allegiance Ammunition. They have a 90 grain or something like 110 grain AR-15 uh, 223 bullet, um, and it's called Hog Strike, and they develop it especially for um you know texas hogs and hogs around the united states and the cool thing about that particular round is um it is a heavy enough nose on it but you really need to shoot it in a one and seven twist barrel would you agree with that yeah i was was gonna say the 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 heavier the bullet the faster twist you're gonna need a lot of them are made one and seven now yes um for the heavier bullets that seems to be the yeah that seems to be the industry standard they're they're generally going to one and seven um all around, whether it's you know a rat grade barrel or kind of a match grade barrel, they all seem to be seem to be going to that faster twist anyway. But I would just say double check that. Right, right, and make sure you. I mean, I always have to say this when we talk about ammunition and guns: shoot to kill. You want to make sure you practice with the ammunition that you're going to be putting in your gun. You know, uh, for hunting season, because a lot of times some guys will take one brand of ammunition and shoot it at the range and then be hard pressed to find some ammunition or lose their ammunition on a hunt or whatever, and then think that another round's going to perform the same way. And it's not necessarily that way. Is that true? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely practice with that ammo. Uh, yes. we, we've seen quite a big difference just beyond just between two brands that, that seemingly have the same bullet on them. Uh, right. Yeah, I, I would definitely stress that. Uh, practice with what you're going to go in the field with. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's highly important. I did a video on that back in 2013 and had a lot of people respond. You know, I shoot Mosin Nagants. I've got six of them, and um, they're through. Uh, let's see, I use Silver Bear 203 grain, 762 by 54 rim, and then Brown Bear. And Silver Bear even shoots better than, or different, not necessarily better, but different than Brown Bear because of the um casing uh you know there's zinc on one casing and there's there's lacquer on another and even that can can change the uh the dynamics of the shot and a lot of people don't think of that so i even say use the same box that you're going to hunt with and know where that ammunition is going to hit know that ammunition is consistent and from a reputable manufacturer but um you know that's just my my play on those on those uh thoughts there 
Yeah, definitely agree with you on that for sure. No, that's definitely important. So, so tell us some, um, since you're a big hunter and, and you've done hunting and stuff like that since you were, uh, you were a kid, um, tell us some of your, your hog and deer and Texas tactics for, for hunting around here, especially here in the Texas Hill Country. Uh, you, you know, my favorite thing to do is, is um, I like to get up high and locate stuff with optics. Cool. Um, you know, that, that's, that's the part that, that I really enjoy, spotting the, the observation, uh, looking for something. Um, if it's within what, what I call my 90% zone, which is where I know 90% of the time I can hit that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe I'll take that shot. Or if, if it's, um, you know, there's plenty of time in the daylight, then I might try to maneuver on it and, and get a better position. But, uh, you know, I, and, and let me let me clarify that ninety percent. You know, but since since I deal with a lot of long range and, and long range hunting is, is kind of a um, the up and coming thing. Everybody yes, wants to is. get into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would I would say that ninety percent zone. It's got to be. You've got to objectively look at where can I pull out my rifle and ninety percent of the time get a first or a second round hit. Right. Um, and, and you've really got to, you've really got to evaluate that. You know, I've, I've, I've got into a couple of discussions with folks on the, on the shooting line that are like, Hey, this is a thousand yard gun. I have no problem taking a thousand yard shot. Uh, okay. Um, but is that realistic in the field? Can you yes. pull your gun out and, and 90% of the time put that round, uh, in that kill zone, under field conditions and, and field conditions are different than, than range conditions. Uh, you know, flat range with, with the perfect equilibrium of coffee and food in your belly, uh, <laughs> is different. It, that is much different than, than day six of a, of a seven day hunt yes. in the mountains at altitude, tired, cold, dehydrated, sweaty from, you know, hiking up a, a mountain, you know, those, those are two different things. So, so yes. that's, that's where that 90% comes from. Um, and I'll be honest with you with, with a lot of training and a lot of time behind the gun, you know, sometimes my 90% is 500 yards and sometimes that 90% is 300 yards. So you, you've got to look at that and be objective before you, before you just start sending lead downrange at at an animal no i agree with that and i mean i i definitely say it's important to train for those long range shots if you're going to take those long range shots but it's almost like a badge of honor now for people to take those long range shots and i I, when that when those tv shows is that were long range hunting tv shows started out i wasn't really a big fan to tell you the truth i wrote an article called uh uh, about practical accuracy uh, for Mac and Prowler, which is one of the TV shows I used to work for years ago. And I kind of said, if you could do it at a shorter range, though you don't necessarily have, just because you can doesn't mean you should. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Does that make sense? I yeah, mean, spot on. Yeah. I mean, so that that just makes more sense to me, the way that the way that things are are plated you know out there i mean if you can take a shorter range shot i mean it's efficacy for the animal at the end of the day um the way i look at it you know i mean it's it's being an ethical shot and making that ethical kill because it's not like hitting a target whether you hit it or you don't you have the chance of wounding an animal if you're at a long range and you don't you're not 100 percent sure 90 percent, as you like to say sure of where your where your ammunition is going right yeah and, and there are people out there that, that have the time invested, the equipment, and the skill set 
you know, they're more than capable of taking a shot at, say, four or 500 yards. There are people out there that, that have that skill set, and then there are other people that, that don't have that skill set. And, it, again, I would just urge, you know, the listeners, hey, take an objective look at what your skill set is before you just pull out there at 800 yards and, and start lobbing around at something. It's a little bit different than shooting steel because, you know, if you, if you shoot steel, you make a correction, or two or three or four, but yes. eventually you hit that steel uh, with an animal. It, it's a little bit different. Um, Absolutely. Need, That's yeah. my point. Exactly. I mean, so if you can make a shorter, you know, shot, I think you should, you should have that ability, but it's almost like I said, a badge of honor for a lot of hunters to go out and say, well, I made that elk shot at, you know, with the 300 win mag or a 338, you know, at, uh, at, at a thousand yards. And I'm just like, you know, I'm not impressed by that. I don't know. I mean, am I wrong? I mean, <laughs> what's the, what's your point on that? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it, it is a, skill set um so if somebody has put in the time so if they go out there and they they, they get that long range shot oh, okay that's that's good you know was that because they they put in the time or did they just get lucky right. if they got lucky i'm, I'm less than if I, i'm less impressed by right. that but right. if somebody exactly. let, let's say somebody comes through goes through one of our classes or two of our classes they learn the fundamentals they go back home they practice they get better they put in that time, then they go out there and, and call me up and say, Hey, I made a, a four or 500 yard shot. Yes. Uh, it, it was, it was down to either no shot or this shot. That was our only option. Hey, Roger that, that was, you know, good job. You put your skill sets to, to use there. But if somebody calls me up and says, Hey, I, I, I pulled up interest out on a mountain road and shot something, <laughs> a ridgeline over, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, what, what about like, did you try to stock up on it? Right. Did you try to get closer? Um, you know, and a lot of people will, you know, they have this, this, this sort of mindset that they've got to shoot in a heavy wind. Oh, it doesn't count if there wasn't wind to it too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I had a, whatever, 20 mile an hour wind. Well, my next question is, well, could you maneuver so that the wind was in your face or could you get closer you know, so I, I kind of look at everything from from the the whole picture, not just the shot itself. Um, you know, and and I've been on on a few few hunts where we weren't successful, but I used every skill set I've ever been taught, and so that was probably my funnest hunt. Those two uh, up in the mountains, and then I've been on other hunts where we were successful, and I didn't really use much skill sets at all. Right, uh, and and they they were less less fun to me even though i connected on on the one you know I, I i look back at the the week i spent up at 12 grand uh hiking around using every skill set i've ever been taught in the military or out of the military and that trip was was more fun to me so i, I kind of look at it as, as the whole scenario uh from on when it comes to hunting not just the shot itself Oh, I definitely agree because, I mean, there's so much that goes into hunting aside from the, you know, the kill shot or whatever you want to call it, you know, the uh, the the shot of a lifetime, you know, whether you're hunting elk in Colorado or you're hunting, you know, mule deer in Texas or whatever the case may be. I mean, there's so much that goes into a hunt. You know, I think it should be a cumulative experience, you know, where it's where it's about, you know, the 
getting out there and enjoying, you know, mother nature, communing with nature, communing with God, you know, whatever you're into that goes into a fun hunting experience. It can be challenging, but I mean, that's, it's, it's not about making it more challenging and, and risking an unethical shot is my point. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. Uh, totally agree. Lower the risk on, on that, that shot as much as possible. If it means getting closer, right. definitely get closer. I mean, I understand when you're target shooting, when you're shooting a steel target at a thousand yards, you know, that's definitely a challenge in and of itself. When it's hunting, you know, I kind of play that the cards a little bit closer to my chest. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, definitely. Um, the other thing you've got to think about is, is that bullet may be capable of, of hitting yes. at that distance, but is it going to do the work that you intend for it? Right. You know, ringing plates is one thing, but is it going to uh, do the damage that it needs to as quick as it needs to. Uh, and, and that's something that a lot of people don't think about. There's a lot of match bullets out and some of the match bullets are, are actually pretty good hunting bullets. Uh, and some of the match grade bullets out there are not very good right. as, as far as a killing type bullet. Um, you know, so, uh, well, definitely evaluate that. Let me just say this. I don't want to interrupt you, but the, the the way that I look at it, like Sierra, for instance, we talked about Sierra Game Kings earlier. Um, Sierra Match Kings are not necessarily the best hunting bullet around. You know, the Game Kings are built for hunting. The Match Kings are built for precision shooting. So it's just keeping mm -hmm. that kind of stuff in mind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, some of the ones that are, are, are a pretty good balance of, of match and, and uh, hunting, the Nozzler Acubons. Yes. Uh, get pretty good marks. I've shot those uh, before. Yeah, and, uh, you know, some of the burger bullets, you know, they, they're they getting pretty good at bridging that gap. Uh, you know, regardless of what bullet you have, I would say as much as possible because the best bullet in the world is not going to do you any good if it's in the, the hind quarters of, of an animal. Right. Um, you know, get out there, wear that, wear that gun out. Um, wear the barrel out, put another barrel on it, but but get out there and, and practice as much as possible. I think that's um, crucially important. You know, the, yeah, the the days of, of people pulling out a couple rounds, checking their zero in September and firing two rounds in November. And, you know, I remember some of the older folks in our, our family, would, they kind of would brag about how they were on the same box of ammo for, for two or three seasons. <laughs> I know what you're talking about too. Yeah. My family's the same way. <laughs> There's no badge yeah, of honor I, there, know, man. <laughs> I, maybe, but uh, you know, I'm just like, God, that, that's, that's totally wrong. You know, and I would get the, the kind of funny looks when I would come home and want to go out and shoot in the summertime and, and practice. One, I just like shooting, but, but to me, I mean, shooting is such a perishable skill. Yes. Uh, you know, the precision, all of it, precision shooting, handgun, AR, it's, it's all perishable. So in my opinion, get out there, try to shoot as much as possible, get some good instruction uh, by a knowledgeable person, a subject matter expert, and then go out there and practice as much as possible. Yes. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I think practice is, makes perfect or at least close to perfect because in a hunting situation, nothing's ever perfect or ever will be perfect for the most part. And I mean, it, uh, it's practice is, is important. I just took my son out to the gun range this past weekend to Lone Star Range and Academy here in the Florence area in Central Texas. And um, they had a three gun match that I missed that morning, but we came in the afternoon and I loaded up my Ruger 1022 with uh 
with some um, some ammunition and just let him have at it. I mean, we, I made sure every shot was calculated, made sure every shot, but he's still new to the sport, you know, and getting your kids mm-hmm. out there especially, I know that's a big deal for you, it's a big deal for me too, is just getting them on paper and, and just teaching them the basics and fundamentals. That's so crucial at a young age. Well, absolutely. And, you know, the other part of it is uh, it's got to have fun, too. It's, absolutely. It's got to be fun and, and stress-free. Uh, my, my brother and I joke, it's, it's a wonder we like to do any of the sports we do just because of the way we were introduced to it. So, <laughs> you know, we, uh, we, we've we kind of taken those lessons learned. It's like, ah, okay, let's let's make this fun, you know, have a – have a snack and, and sure. you know, not, not get too wrapped around the axle. Uh, I, I recently took my, my son shooting for the first time ever. And, uh, you know, he had a blast, but once I saw that attention span starting to go somewhere else, like, all right, well, it, now it's time to go get some snacks and, you know, grab a, grab a, a milkshake or something. Right. Uh, so that he remembers that as a good day, not as, uh, this was a long day. That was just not any fun. So definitely, Definitely get those kids out there, get them shooting, get them shooting correctly and safely and, and teach them. No, that's great. And I mean, I know you're really big about getting kids in the outdoor sports. And, um, you know, I, I, as an adult, I started, as a lot of folks know from listening to this show, I started later in life, my early 20s in the shooting sports. And uh, my dad taught me, my dad, I love him to death, but he doesn't have a lot of patience. So I had to end up going out to the range with myself and just finding people that knew a lot about shooting and, and firearms and reloading and that kind of stuff and get some people surrounding me, you know, with the, with the field of experts, if you will. That uh, that helped me get uh, get where I am today as far as being an accurate marksman and um, and really you know being a being a good shooter and being a good hunter you know because there's a lot that goes into it isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you know the, the other thing, and when I when I left uh, to go into the military, I, you know I come from a, a shooting family. I kind of felt like okay, I'm I'm a pretty decent shot. Well, as I started getting formal instruction first. At, kind of the basic level and then as, as we moved on into more advanced stuff the more i learned the, the more fun it became Good. uh right. it, it was kind of like i you know i, I kind of equate it to hey I've, I've got a ferrari but i'm only driving it 30 miles an hour <laughs> but as i learned as i learned more and more it's like wow okay now i'm getting this ferrari out and i'm driving it at 60 miles an hour yes. now i'm driving it at 70 miles an hour and and each time i learned more i was getting closer to the capability of that ferrari and once I started driving the Ferrari at Ferrari speeds, that's when it really started getting fun to me. And, and that's that's one of the things I, I really try to instill in people that come through the classes. Hey, the more you learn, the more fun it becomes. Yeah. And a place you can do a lot of shooting and get a lot of behind gun experience with a lot of guns you don't have to clean is definitely the Texas Firearm Festival. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it's it's a good uh, good opportunity. You know, guns are, are they're kind of like. Uh, they're kind of like shoes. You want to get the ones that fit right. right. Otherwise they're just going to sit in the closet. So yes. go out there, play with, play with a lot of them, you know, especially handguns. Uh, I, I didn't realize how big of a deal the fit of the handgun was uh, until I started getting some actual training on it. Um, yes. You know, and the thing goes for your shotgun uh, precision rifle. That's another big one. You know, if, if the gun fits you ergonomically, you're going to shoot it much better. Um, but, but if it fits, fits well, it feels good. You're going to enjoy shooting it that yes. much more. And, I was just going to make that point. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and those, those opportunities to get out there, demo something, see it in action. 
uh, talk to the guy behind the line. Hey, what is this for? Why, why did you guys incorporate this piece into the design? You know, whatever you want to want to ask him. But that helps you to make a more informed decision uh, on on whatever firearm it is, regardless of, of discipline. Whether you're looking to buy, just learn more about shooting firearms. I mean, I, it was an incredible experience for me. I only went for a couple of hours last year because I had another event that I was uh, hosting. But I um, I had so much fun just going there and learning, you know, about all the different kinds of guns that are out there and all the different manufacturers and ammunition manufacturers. And uh, they had a little retail tent set up, which they'll have this year again, that are little places you can go. So if you're in the Texas area or around the Texas area, which most of our listeners, I think, are, um, it's definitely worth it to make a trip to the best of the West gun range to go to the Texas firearm festival. And I'll put the details about that in the, uh, in the show notes as well. But I had so much fun last year. I got to shoot some guns for the first time. I got to shoot some suppressed guns, which is a big thing too, right Clay? Oh yeah. You, you can't, you can't just go grab a suppressor and shoot it, right. shoot a bunch of suppressors anywhere else. Uh, at least not locally. Uh, yeah. a few places I've, I've come across will, let you rent one here and there, but but as far as like getting out there and seeing all the different manufacturers with, with their latest and greatest models out there and, and actually compare stuff uh, to to see what fits your intended purpose behind yes. it, you know, that's that's probably the best opportunity in Texas to uh, to do that. Absolutely. So definitely I'll put details about that in the show notes, which you can view on your podcast player or on our website, uh, fishgame.com under the podcast listening. And uh, is there anything else you'd like to talk about, Clay? Uh, you, you know, something that is on my mind, um, one of the things I, I discuss a lot is shooting and hunting has, has kind of become a political, a mark of political parties. And, yes. and I really wish it wasn't. Um, you know, I, I, I wish it wasn't such a polarizing uh, issue. Uh, so in order to get beyond that, I, I'm just really pushing hard and, and telling people, Hey, get out there and invite your friends to go shooting, invite people that no, don't normally fit the mold of, of the shooter hunter type to go shooting with you yes. or fishing with you or, or camping. Uh, because the, the sake of the sport I think is, is at stake really. Uh, you know, I, I worry more about, the decline in shooters than I do gun control. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with, you know, the, the people that are coming into the sport now are the, are the children of people that are already in the sport. And, and even that's on a decline. Uh, yes. and, and there's, there's plenty of folks, plenty of folks out there are, are, are keeping track of the numbers and data. So I won't try to spout off statistics, but you know, I would say reach across that, that political aisle, invite, invite that person at the coffee shop to go shooting with you. Uh, you know, get some people that don't fit our mold into the sport. That's, that's uh, what I've been saying for, for a little while now, uh, because I've, I've recently seen uh, a, a couple groups that, that kind of got into the sport because of, you know, not my world, but they wanted to get into more healthy eating or they were vegans that were looking into maybe getting back into eating, you know, organic meat, you know, whatever. Uh, but they did not fit the mold of shooters. And of course they have a perception of us as well. So, so that, you know, the, the angry militaristic shooter, that's, that's, that's kind of putting some people off. So I would yes. just say, Hey, put all that aside, reach across the aisle, ask somebody to go fishing with you. The next step, ask them to go to the range with you then take them on a hunt sometime and, and bring people into the sport because that's, that's, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're in danger of losing it over the long haul, in my opinion. 
Well, I see, you know, to your point, I see that shooting sports, and that's one of the reasons I started this podcast is, I, you know, years ago in 2015 when I started it, you know, I, I saw that if, if this is a way to rope some of those kids that are on the fence or on the other side into an interest in hunting or fishing or whatever we talk about on the show, shooting and bow fishing and that kind of stuff, I mean, it, it's basically a good way to reach them, you know, through a digital media that they're comfortable with. And so that's what kind yeah. of made me start the show. But I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, that's one reason why I'm constantly an advocate trying to say, hey, we fear what we don't understand as humans sometimes. You know, would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and, you know, there's there's lots of perceptions that kind of yes feed that and, and, you know, incorrectly, sometimes correctly. But, but uh, yeah, there's we, we haven't. A, a mental image of, of the anti-gun, anti-hunting world. Well, they have a mental image of us too. And, yes. and you know, somewhere, but both of them are probably a little bit off. So yeah, definitely reach out there and try to figure out what, what you don't understand and try to bridge that gap. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, it's just about reaching out and, and teaching and educating people. I had a conversation with my stepdad yesterday during Father's Day, and we had a long conversation about the difference between a preservationist and a conservationist, and how most hunters are conservationists, and, and how Africa wouldn't be where it is and have the thriving economy in some places that it is without hunting. And he didn't realize that. He just thought, well, you kill so many because he's not a hunter. And I've tried to explain this to him before, but it kind of finally clicked yesterday. He was kind of like, well, if if you hunt that animal, there's more value on their life. And I said, exactly. That's exactly my point. Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, hunters, they're the ones that don't want the, the, the wetlands plowed under for high-rise apartments. Right. They're the ones that don't want, uh, they don't want the streams polluted and you know, there's the environmentalists on the other side that are like, they don't understand that, that we're, we're kind of working towards the same goal in a lot of cases. Um, you know, so sometimes it, all it takes is one person sitting down and having a civilized conversation yes. over a beer or two. So. Right. And, and really, you know, there's no better organic meat than what you get when you go hunting. There's no better free range meat. You know, there's no better uh, grass fed or corn fed meat, you know, um, than you get when you go hunting. And I, I think we have a lot of in common uh, things, traits with, uh, with some of the folks that are quote unquote environmentalist or preservationist or whatever the case may be in the, on the liberal side, uh, if, if you consider us on the conservative side, but you know, I, I just, it's funny you mentioned that because on the last podcast, I was talking to Chester Moore, editor in chief of the magazine, and he was saying, you know, we all want water that doesn't give you cancer. You know, we all want, uh, you know, food that doesn't, you know, pollute your body. We all want, you know, cleaner water and, and better food and, and those kind of things as, as a whole. Why can't we just unite on something instead of fighting about it? You know, and I mean, that was his point. Yeah. I think that's your point too, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, couldn't agree more. And, uh, you know, those, those couple of, you know, folks that definitely are not the typical hunter type, that's, that's exactly what brought them into asking about, Hey, what, what kind of gun should I, should I go hunting with? And it was because they were looking for that, that grass fed organic protein source. Uh, you know, and it's, we, we could, you know, me 10 years ago, I would have, you know, made fun of that person or said, I don't want anything to do with that person, but you know, a little bit, a little bit more mature now. And I'm like, Oh, okay. You know what? This is, this is exactly the person that needs to, needs to come into this sport. 
it's the folks that are on the fence really isn't it it's not necessarily the folks that are anti because we know we may never change their mind but it's about educating the people that are on the fence and getting them to go our way you know at least understand our way that's my goal at least yeah definitely um you know and i I would say a lot of people will change their mind you know a lot of people are that don't even have a, a stake in the the sort of the discussion at all you know my my wife being from portland a lot of her friends they never they never even think about uh you know hunting or shooting or any of that stuff and now you know just through kind of my interactions now some of them want to make a trip down here they want to go shooting sure Uh, they want to get out there you know guns scare me i've never been around a gun it just makes me feel feel uncomfortable and now after talking to them after a couple years well why don't you come down here you know it's it's nice low stress day it's enjoyable right you know so so i would say i would say reach out to those folks that you you don't expect to be in the sport uh because you might be surprised i couldn't agree more that's great um if you wouldn't mind please tell people where to find you as far as your website goes if you have a phone number you want to give out anything like that before we close the show today yeah, our website is atxprecision.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook under the same name, ATX Precision, as well as Instagram, same same name, uh, ATX Precision. So y'all are big in social media, I know that much. And, uh, and you're going to be designing the SWAT Challenge again this year at the Texas Firearm Festival, correct? I am, yeah. We're trying to... Trying to incorporate some more stuff in there and, and maybe have a couple surprise surprises for the crowd as well. Which I'm sure you can't tell us about, but that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. Well, I I, I want to keep it uh, I want to keep it kind of cold for the competitors too. So okay. you know, but part of it is part of it is we, we want it to replicate you know kind of what they'll be doing yes. in, in real life. So you know the idea of of hey knowing the course of fire and gaming it. We're trying to. Uh, less than that as much as possible right and there's such a there's such a uh there was such a draw to it last year and it was such a success last year i'm glad to see it coming back this year and um just excited to see i mean that kind of training and those kind of scenarios of real life scenarios being put into into action i think that's really cool what you're doing man yeah and it, it gives the community a chance to see some of these guys at work um you know it, it it, it is impressive watching a well-trained SWAT unit go out there and execute what they train to, uh, and, and they're doing it for for the greater good. So it's a, it's a good chance for the the public to see what the local law enforcement uh, is out there doing for them every day. No, oh, that's great. Is there anything else you have to add before we close out the show, Clay? Uh, I think I'm. Uh... I'm tapped out. <laughs> You've been a great guest. I've got to say, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate it. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Clayton Hergert of ATX Precision. Awesome guy. What a great interview that was. Had a lot of fun uh, engaging with him with some really good questions. And uh, just love this show, man. Love bringing this podcast with you every other week. And uh, had a lot of fun uh, delivering that. And I really appreciate you guys listening. I can't say that enough. This is a dream come true. This is something I've wanted to do for years. The podcast has been ongoing since 2015 when I started it. So we're celebrating about two years now. I started it in May of 2015. And uh, kind of went on and off for a while. But we've been at it consistently now for going on a year straight of every other week or almost every other week in some cases. Uh, pumping out a new show and I really just enjoy the opportunity to bring that to you wanted to also mention to please subscribe to our newsletters if you've not done so already 
fishgame.com is where to find that and you can go to the newsletter sign up link you can find a tab for all the podcasts there all the podcasts that we've done you can listen to right on that website at fishgame.com on your phone or on your desktop computer and uh, basically you just sign up for the newsletter you will get tactical tuesday which is very popular for a lot of folks i know listening to this podcast we talk about tactical and practical advice uh, wildlife wednesday which we talk about wildlife chester moore writes that one and i had him on the previous show and then the thursday texas outdoor nation state of the texas outdoor nation newsletter that thing is awesome it is full of a lot of content that is on our website and on the wildlife journalist blog with jester moore and just a ton of really great stories so really excited about all those newsletters to so sign up for that stay plugged in to texas fishing game and we've got great articles coming out in the magazine great columns with our award-winning writers if you've not subscribed to texas fishing game that would be awesome too uh subscriptions are relatively affordable you can sign up for a year or two or three and um we have a lot of fun uh pumping out a good magazine for you every month and uh also again as i said at the beginning of the show please be sure to subscribe to our podcast that way you get new shows twice a month every other week and uh, really excited that you joined us. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Also, be sure to check out the Texas Firearm Festival. I have a link to that in the show notes that you can check out and, um, and visit that link. It's texasgunfest.com if you don't have a chance to look at the, uh, the show notes. But texasgunfest.com, uh, all one word, is, um, is how to find out more about this. And you can buy tickets now. And we're going to be doing some email blasts on the side of Texas Fishing Game to our newsletter list that basically uh, outlines what's going on. But again, it's from September 30th to October 1st, just north of Austin, Texas. 40 different vendors. Um, each letting you shoot their guns on site. You'll learn the best about gun safety, performance, and tactics. There's just so much to learn about this um, awesome thing that's coming up. I mean, imagine a gun festival where you don't have to clean the guns after you're done shooting them. I mean, but basically, you, you get to shoot as many guns as you can, as you care to shoot, and um, you don't even have to pay for the ammunition. It's all covered in the cost of the ticket. And I really, really am excited about going to this this year again. And uh, just really recommend that you check out the Texas Gun Fest, Texas Firearm Festival. Um, really, really cool opportunity to do some shooting. And have an awesome day in the outdoors. Mm-hmm.